You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. And we are live. Roll Tide Roll as we come to you from Innisfree right here on University Boulevard. And this is the weekend. We hadn't had one like this in Tuscaloosa in many, many a year. But it is Texas in town tomorrow night. And it is going to be a fantastic week uh, for us, for all of you that come by Innisfree, for the people that will watch the game in the quad, not to mention those that will be in the suites and, and the end zones and all the seats that uh, encompass Bryant-Denny Stadium. But once again, we are coming to you as we will every single Friday throughout the football season from Ennis Free. And they've got a meet and three for $9.99 that will knock, knock a Texas Longhorn over. And uh, <laughs> we've, we've got a, a lot of things going on here. And, of course, you know their selection of beers. And, of course, uh, as the day grows on until 2 o'clock, we'll have many, many really good guests. And right out of the gate here, we have an amazing guest, uh, Mayor of Tuscaloosa, Walt Maddox, a close friend of mine. Walt, how you doing? And uh, you're not busy at all, are you? Uh, let me tell you something. <laughs> not, uh, we're, we are slammed in a very good way. It's okay. I'm on the clock, but can I drink? I mean, this is, I mean, I, I mean, can we have drinks right now? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's a great idea. We're in Rogers' world right Jamie, here. Jamie, come here. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> This is why Matt's the best in the business. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I tell you what, it is fantastic. You can feel the vibe in Tuscaloosa. I've, been, I've been at a couple of uh, events today, and you can feel the energy. This game, although we were talking off air about 2011 LSU, 2019 LSU, um, the energy and anticipation of this one is something um, I haven't felt in a long, long time. It's really exciting to be here in T-Town. What lessons did you learn from uh, both of those games you just referenced in terms of uh, just putting together logistics and infrastructure to prepare for this massive influx of humanity into your town? Well, to give you some sense of how big it is, uh, we're 111,000 on normal days. We'll go to about 250,000 during game day. So we double more than double the size of our population. With this game and, and how it mirrors LSU back in uh, 19 and 11 is that it's more than just what's in the stadium. You're going to have 10 to 15,000 people who are not going to be in the stadium who are just going to be here for the event. How we move them, how we secure them, how we transport if something goes sideways, those are lessons that we learned from 11 that we will apply to 19. UA has an unbelievable game day operation. Our job is to be best supporting actors in that and uh, we've put a lot of assets in play. We realize what a big deal this is, and we want the Texas fans to have a good time, except during the ball game, and we want them to spend a lot of money, and we want our Alabama fans to have a great time and enjoy the Tuscaloosa experience. What is the economic impact projected to be for the city just for this weekend? You know, you really don't know. They, you've seen estimates somewhere of 20 to $25 million of new dollars that are in your economy that you otherwise would have. Um, the thing that's different about Alabama football today than it was even 10 years ago is that it used to be kind of a Friday night, Saturday. Now it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, oh, and Sunday morning type of, of event. And so it certainly is good for all of us. Now we only have 4,000 hotel rooms in Tuscaloosa, so you're going to fill up those 4,000 whether you're playing Texas or Southwest Texas. Okay. The, the impact comes from the earlier days people come into your city to spend money, to come to Ennis Free, get the meet and three and a cold beer that's that's where you make more of your money and you uh, by the way create a lot of jobs for people in our community 
Well, um, first questions and priority here. Where did you get that sport coat? Because I would like to take it home. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's a good. It's a, I'm, I'm a sport coat guy. Are you? You it's like it? Good, oh yeah, yeah. Walt's wife dresses him. I, I know yeah, that. My, my well. wife every no. Uh, I, well, I don't know if they're your sponsor, but they should be after I tell you. Uh, Mobley and Sons. So okay. We, 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 I, I know of them. We'll, we'll go wrap them in. But uh, yeah, Chris took good care of me. He always makes certain that he he tells me he wants me to make sure I look good enough to be his mayor. So I try. You you mentioned cold beer and a year ago we were talking an awful lot about that because brian denny stadium was going to start serving alcohol and I, I think we can all know the potential for issues there i'm not going into what y'all had to go through with brian denny and university of alabama did it and is it going okay it's going very well and you know we did have a you know a disagreement with the university but like everything, um, any two big organizations, you sit down, you work it out, and, and have a great positive relationship. I was texting uh, Greg Byrne yesterday, um, and we've been working with Rose administration since uh, May, just on today. So, yeah, we had a disagreement, but we, as any organizations, you work through those disagreements. Um, but overall, the sale has been going fantastic. Um, UA does a great job managing it. They've been very responsible with it, and uh, we haven't seen any negative impacts as of yet. Laura Lee Thompson, the Mama Broker, is sitting to my right, and she has uh, been nice enough to come up here and contribute, and as uh, the president-elect of the Red Elephant Club, this lady knows her stuff, so I thought uh, I would introduce you, and she might have a question for you. Well, I do have a question. Yes, ma'am. Uh, saw the press release about the mayor of Texas and you having a, a bet here on barbecue. My question is, do we get to share in that barbecue <laughs> yeah. when Texas sends it over here? A absolutely. And and so we, we hope they will follow through and deliver it after we win 34-13. You can go ahead and... 34-13. 34-13, mark, mark it down. Um, I've heard good things about Mickleweight, I think uh, Central Barbecue of Austin, Texas. Um, so I'm looking forward to have some. You know what? We just may... Uh, Dr. Rush, we just may have a town hall meeting and open up the barbecue <laughs> uh, for, all, for all of Tuscaloosa to enjoy. You know, it's, it's fun to to highlight your cities. Austin is one of the top 10 largest cities in the United States. And so uh, we look forward to making them sad on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> Walt, is it uh, just in terms of infrastructure, is it all hands on deck for uh, Saturday, uh, just in terms of uh, your police, uh, fire and rescue, and, and just all of your emergency personnel. Yes, sir. It's hands, toes, whatever you can throw into the mix. Because here's the trick we have to do. It's not only about the central part of our city, which is where you have the highest concentration of population. We have 71 square miles of city of Tuscaloosa. So we've, we've got to we've got to not only make certain that our all of our hundred you know 200,000 people in this core area are safe. We got to make certain that the rest of our city is safe. So we will put all assets. We will have hundreds of city employees uh, beginning Thursday. Well, beginning yesterday, today, and tomorrow, who are going to be working minimally 12, but to 16, possibly 20-hour days, um, just to make certain. But we take this as a badge of honor. It's our responsibility, and we look forward to it. And we have great partners in the university who um, does a fantastic job of logistics as well. So I think everyone, if we, let me just say this. It, you know, we pray that nothing happens. And here's the cool thing. If you leave Tuscaloosa and all you're talking about is the football game, we have done our job. And that is our goal. Can you stick around for one more segment? Yeah, sure. Why not? Because oh, awesome. uh, awesome. on, on the way down here, you know, Matt and I both live in Birmingham. 
Matt did some recon <laughs> on you, Walt, uh, and he talked to one of your former football coaches. Yeah, oh, my God. God. We're, we're going to go back a few years from, oh my from God. Central to uh, UAB. Uh, <laughs> and what we're really going to uh, do. What's that? You need me? To, uh, I'm coming. Uh, <laughs> Jamie? Cold yeah. beer. Uh, but, um, we're going to go into that, but also you played. You know the game, and yeah. I want to get – you know, let's get into the X's and O's. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. Texas. Mayor Walt Maddox is our guest. We broadcast live from Innisfree. Please come by. Get that cold beer. Get that meat and three. Laura Lee and I both had burgers last week. We Pretty did. good. They were. Pretty good. Your chicken I the sandwich? Chicken. Loved it. All right. Loved it. We'll be back more from Innisfree right here in Tuscaloosa on University. This is Big Noon Sports. Laura Lee Thompson is known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama Broker, who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama Broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205 790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. It's a dry forecast through early next week. The sky's sunny this afternoon. The high today, 87. Clear and very pleasant tonight, the low 62. For tomorrow and Sunday, lots of sunshine both days. Highs between 86 and 89 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 83 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. We are back at Ennis Free with a meat and three. They call it the Lucky Lunch, $9.99. You get a meat. Normally, it gets you meat and two. Not at Ennis Free. It's a meat and three, and it is delicious. Since the beer is cold, and this is going to be the place to be all throughout the weekend. And uh, we're going to be here live until 2 o'clock, but uh, they'll be here all weekend. So drop by and see the show. Mayor Walt Maddox has been nice enough to drop by the city of Tuscaloosa. Let's talk some football. Uh, I made a phone call on the way over here, as Lars was talking about before we went to the break. Um, and if you, you want to know anything, you call Tuffy Crow. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> How's a, Tuffy doing? Uh, he's fantastic. He finally, finally retired. Uh, <laughs> met a really, really nice lady, and, you know, he still does his uh, ranching with the horses and the pigs and the chickens <laughs> over in Jacksonville. But he's one of my all-time favorite people. But the reason I bring this up is because Tuffy was a coach at UAB. Because mm-hmm. you went over there when Hillier was there, correct? Yes, sir. Did you finish with Watson Brown? No, I, I okay. GA'd a year under Watson Brown. Oh, okay. Um, but I played four years under coach, and then uh, I was 
you know, Coach Brown was nice enough to let me be a, a student coach for a year and a half. So I really, I always thought I'd be a college football coach. Never dreamed I'd be doing this, but that's another story for well, another Chelsea time. says he always knew you were going to be a politician. <laughs> Maybe that was that's after right. a new coach. <laughs> well, you know, Coach Brown, I asked him one time uh, why he hired me to be a, a student coach. He said, Walt, I watched some of your game film and I saw you made a lot of All-Americans. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, so, then I stopped. I mean, you know. He said uh, you were a, a good inside linebacker and you were a starter as well. No, so. I was uh, I was okay. I, and I didn't start much, but he's very kind. Wow. And um, I tell you what, though, I did enjoy it. You know, you know everyone aspires. My, my dad always told me I'd play football at Legion Field. I just never knew it would be for UAB. Um, <laughs> but, you, you know, to play small college football was an honor and a privilege, and I loved it. And it taught me a lot of life lessons, and it certainly gives me an appreciation for what Coach and what this University of Alabama football team is doing, which is we're living in such historic times, we don't even realize how fortunate we are. And Coach Crow, by the way, fantastic man. I love oh, him. Yeah. I love I love that man, and he's can a he fantastic coach. Can he tell a story coach. or what? He, he can. He uh, can. <laughs> and he was one of those coaches that some you had some coaches that kind of drove you in the dirt, and he would always be there to pick you up. you got to have the Hawks. you got to have the Doves. That's right. That's, that's just that's the way it works. Yeah. Uh, okay, since you played the game, uh, break the Texas Longhorns down a little bit. What does Alabama need to do? I think what Alabama's got to do, it sounds so basic and simple, right? You've got to be able to run the football to let it set up to play action pass. I think that's going to be the key in the game. Milrow brings an extra dynamic with his feet. The only thing that if I did, you know, again, I know Coach Saban has a list of 2,000 concerns. My concern last year's uh, Texas quarterback before he got hurt was pretty mobile and pretty effective in that first quarter. Um, certainly, I, I would make sure that's cleaned up. I, I sense, again, I, you know, we'll find out Saturday night. I sense Alabama is not only ready for this game, it is the best team in this game. And I think they are going to flex some muscle, and I think they're going to show the world that they are going to be a serious challenger to Georgia later on in the season for the SEC crown and possibly a national championship. Well, getting back to your playing career, um, I've written a lot about how difficult it is to just sort of let go of being an athlete, let go of being a, a, a scholarship football player player, uh, like letting go of the camaraderie of the, of the locker room, of just hearing the roar of the crowd. What was the hardest thing for you personally to let go of when you realized that the, that the end was there? I think team. Um, you miss being part of a team. I'll never forget Coach Hilliard. We were beating Moorhead State. It was our second to last game. It was pouring down rain. We were playing in Moorhead, Kentucky, and we were up 30-something to nothing or felt that way at halftime. And he told everybody but the seniors to get out of the locker room. And so a senior stayed in. I think there were 16 of us. And he said, man, all of us except one of you is going to play professional football and you've got a game and a half left. you got six quarters of football left, and you'll never play it again in your life. And that's when it hit me how much I was going to miss football. And I miss it to this day. I don't miss practices or the weightlifting, everything else you had to do. But I miss that team. I miss that locker room. And I can't imagine what it's like for someone at a pro level that continues that upwards. But you miss the team, the competition. Um, you know, I, that for me has guided me in my life. That's why I love working for the city because I feel like I'm on a team. 
Well, I was going to add to that. Since you're uh, the mayor and you're running the team, what lessons did you learn when you were at UAB that have helped you run this city? Adversity. It's adversity. You know, the thing about football, the hardest part about football to me was never the games. It was the practices. And in those practices where you've got coaches riding you, you've got people yelling at you, you've got to perform. You're trying to get negative thoughts out of your mind, create positive energy in your mind, and you feel that pressure. Performing under that adversity to me is the biggest thing that's helped me as mayor, putting outside noise away. Uh, actually working as a GA was also a great um, benefit because the defense coordinator that I worked for, a guy named Robert Henry, he would just yell at you. over. You'd be in your earphones, your charting plates, he'd yelling. And what you'd have to learn is really want. Ignore the noise. What does he really want? Those lessons really helped me be successful that you can't let negative energy, negative thoughts get in the way of what your job is every day. Football taught me that. Well, we're more than 12 years away from April 27th, 2011, when the uh, horrific tornado ripped through Tuscaloosa. Is Tuscaloosa completely rebuilt? Uh, you know, uh, not uh, if you did a if you say okay, put it on a scale of 100%. I'd say we're about 90% there. But I've always been very reluctant to fully answer that because if I lost my home and even if I rebuilt it, am I truly felt like I'm whole again? We lost so much on that day. I don't know if we'll ever really it'll ever be in our rearview mirror. Physically, yes, from a brick and mortar standpoint, we're 90% there. What has not been rebuilt is just because the property owner is waiting to get the best value out of their property. Um, and I am proud. You look at the 12.5% of our city that was destroyed, the 5,000 uh, buildings that were gone from that day. You look at the tornado zone, and it's a totally different. We rebuilt in a way, I think, that honored all those that lost so much. Yeah, it, it is amazing just to drive through here and to see uh, how the city has absolutely just uh, blossomed again. And it's terrific. Um, what is your plan for tomorrow? Where, where are you going to be? Where are you going to be watching it? And, and you're gonna, I'm sure you're going to be in communication with uh, city officials. Oh, yeah. We, we, tomorrow is actually it's not a hard day for me because our team is going to be out there executing. We have uh, several people who are coming into the city giving us a chance to show the city off so i will be performing those duties hopefully creating a lot of new jobs in the future for the city of tuscaloosa this game has brought in a lot of people who want to now come look at your city certainly i know they just may be here for the texas alabama game but we want to take full advantage while they're here just to show them what a what a great community this is and so tomorrow i get to be the guy that uh, gets to sell our city all day and i'm looking forward to that i will be in the stadium for the game and certainly like most of the hundred thousand people i'm going be cheering roll tide baby let's pull this one off our guest is mayor walt maddox of the city of tuscaloosa so we broadcast live from ennis free we'll be here until two drop by join us have lunch and cold beer is there any way to measure the impact nick saban has had not just the university of alabama the economic or just the overall impact of being in Tuscaloosa, Alabama for 16 years? You know, it's it's impossible, but I do call it Sabanomics because there is no doubt that Coach Saban, his success has really transformed our city. Bob Witt and Nick Saban and Richard Shelby are the three people that have led to the transformation of our city. And without Coach Saban 
and without Bob Witt and, and Richard Shelby, I don't know if we have everything that we have today, but though, there's no doubt the three of them have, have been really our Mount Rushmore over the last 20 years. Coach Saban, my biggest fear is what happens when Coach and Miss Terry decide to go home to the lake or, or, or go, you know, elsewhere. Uh, so, I, I, you know, hopefully that will be 10 or 15 years from now. But there's no doubt that Coach and Miss Terry have changed our community for the better. And beyond just the economic impact, Matt, what Coach and Miss Terry give to so many charities, so many communities, they, you know, they're, they're, they're just amazing people. And Tuscaloosa has been so blessed that they call this place their home. Well, you have been mayor since uh, 2005. Mm-hmm. What's, what are the biggest changes that you see in Tuscaloosa since 2005 to 2023? I think today. Look at today. Um, you look out over University Boulevard, it's packed. Um, you look at a place like Innisfree that um, is always hopping, um, and certainly tonight will be. There is, you know, Our population was 77,000. Today our population is 111,000. Um, you know, we're just a place that is great at the seams and to me that is the biggest difference um, I've also think that our attitude is so different and our expectations of success um, we expect to be successful at the city now some of that may be coach I mean coach brings in that expectation of success I think we as a community have that expectation of success even in the darkest hours after April 27 2011 no matter how tragic it was in front of us we never doubted we would we would persevere and succeed and triumph in that situation that attitude here in Tuscaloosa you can just feel it and it's an honor to share it with your listeners today because um, you know we celebrate Texas but it gives us a chance being here we celebrate this game being here in Tuscaloosa well somebody's gonna ask so I yeah. will what are your political aspirations? Um, future if, if president able, of the United uh, States. No. Future president of the United States. I wish. Uh, let's, let's go in the island. There's nothing like being December in Des Moines, right? Um, <laughs> um, I think every Republican <laughs> candidate is going to be at the Iowa, Iowa State That's game. It's uh, unreal. I, 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 you know what? And this is this. – I'm not going to give you any political speak. If, if uh, I plan on running for mayor again, and that's the only job I'm interested in. I'm having the best time of my life. I was telling Lars off air. I'm having the best time of my life. My son's – 10 years old. I get to coach his flag football team. If I decided to go do something else, I don't get to be Eli's coach the next two years. And so I want to be that boy's flag football coach. My daughter's 21, will graduate from UA um, in May. She has a lot in front of her. I'm loving my life right now, and I love serving the people of Tuscaloosa, and I can do both. If you're happy, why go screw it up? I got to say, Walt, just on a personal level, uh, working with you when you were running for governor really was one of the highlights of my professional Uh career. And, uh, you know, we came up a little bit short, but uh, I think the future is really, really good. Well, if we keep doing a good job, the future takes care of itself. Well, Tuscaloosa has benefited from your service without question. Well, thank you. And thank you all for being here in T-Town. And y'all have a a great day. Remember, I can only pardon misdemeanors, so don't get in. Don't go beyond that, okay? (laughs) So far, even thinking about (laughs) even a misdemeanor now. You can can pardon misdemeanors. 30 years ago, but uh, anyway. um, Let's get you a sandwich and a cold beverage. That sounds like a plan. All right, sounds good. Uh, We are broadcasting live from Innisfree. It is Texas weekend. We are going to talk, break down the game as we continue on, dip into the NFL a little bit last night. Lars and I talked about this last night on the phone. Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders. Be quiet. 
All right. We'll be back live from Innisfree <laughs> on Big Noon Sports. Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. It is indeed Big Noon Sports. Every Friday throughout the football season, we'll be live exactly where we are in this very position. I'll be in the same chair. Um, maybe not to that extent, but we are live at Innisfree and University. Uh, come by. Their sandwiches are fantastic, whether you get the chicken, hamburger, uh, high quality of beef. That's the first thing I noticed when I ate mine last week. But uh, also, just look over the bar, the number of beers that they have here. And Lars, it was everything Lars could do to actually come into Innisfree because there was a beer truck out front with the engine running. And uh, were you thinking about... Uh, Put it in gear. Absolutely. I mean, there's literally a truckload of beer in here. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, my brother, uh, three years older than me, Eric, he had a dream when he was about 18 years old, and uh, it was that a, a Budweiser truck crashed in front of the high school, and, uh, and there's just free beer there for everybody. And so the beer isn't quite free here, but it's close, and there's uh, plenty of it. Indeed. Yeah, they're still unloading that thing. All right, uh, we are live at Innisfree. Come by, uh, grab a meet and three as we continue. Laura Lee, the Bama Broker Advantage Realty Group, is with us as well. Laura Lee, just uh, you're the incoming president of the Red Elephant Club, and, and your knowledge of football has been well documented on this show. But uh, what's, what's, your, uh, what's your feeling? It's nothing like Middle Tennessee State University coming into town. Well, no. That uh, game was a, actually a really good game as far as uh, the number of people in the stadium and the atmosphere. There was a lot of excitement, and uh, it was fun. This week is a little bit different. You look around, even in here in Innisfree, and we have some Texas people in the house. And uh, I think it's going to be a wild day tomorrow. Lots of people coming in. I've heard a lot of Texas people are coming in and they don't have tickets, so good luck. Well, uh, hopefully we're going to talk to some Texas fans here, and uh, we'll get their uh, their take on the game. And um, You might want to go over there and yeah. read the menu for <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have a really good look at the flyover tomorrow. I do know that because they'll be uh, about uh, halfway to the basement of heaven. But um, anyway, Matt, uh, you and I were talking about Deion Sanders and uh, some comments that he made about uh, former Alabama running back Trey Sanders, who... Who, uh, it now plays for TCU, and as we know, that he, he went down with an injury uh, during the Colorado TCU game last week, which Colorado won 45 to 42. 
and has just generated all this hype around Deion Sanders. And the hype is uh, so great that uh, in Las Vegas, there's more money on the Colorado-Nebraska game than there is in any NFL game this weekend. And it is almost unprecedented how much money, and 90% of that money is going on Colorado two-and-a-half-point favorite. But Deion Sanders, he was talking about Trey Sanders when he went down, and and Deion goes out onto the field, and I believe it was unprompted that he told reporters, I walked over over to him because he was a kid that wanted to come here. The reason I... I, I didn't take him was because he sustained some significant injuries. So he's using Trey Sanders' injury to talk about him. This is all about Deion Sanders. And, uh, boy, this has rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, including, in, including myself. Including and you. Yeah. I'm sure Laura Lee's not exactly about to ra- raise her buffalo flag. <laughs> yeah, not hardly. So is it just me? Like, is it's the country behind Nebraska this weekend? I think so. Tomorrow. How many people have come by? Walt picked them. I mean, what yeah. more do you want? The, the mayor is a Husker fan this weekend. So, But you know what? We're going to talk about this for a minute, but I'm going to go back to when I first saw him, when he was at Florida State. You know what his favorite letter was? I. I mean, he's always been like this, and I've never liked that. He has been successful, certainly. Golly, is he the best corner ever play? Certainly, uh, he's the best tackler that ever uh, no, played. No, but he literally took third in the field away. But, uh, and I respect that, um, kind of like what he did for the Atlanta Braves. But um, he has always been about me, and I'll give you the perfect example. Because when he went to Florida State to play for Bobby Bowden, he was also, you could do this at the time, you could play baseball. And he was drafted, and he was playing minor league baseball, and he got a big contract. So Dion was making like NIL money because he could. I mean, it, it was separated. And when you show up practice in a huge stretch limo, and what are those, the top hat and a tuxedo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are you telling your teammates? <laughs> and him addressing Trey Sanders like that, what is he telling the world? It's still all about Dion. Yeah, and, uh, you know, again, I did not care for those comments. And, you know, he even said, hey, you know, um, I want the kid to be dominant. His last name is Sanders, after all, in reference to Trey Sanders. And he said, hey, he's also wearing number two. You know, that's my number. I mean, just the whole thing was about uh, Deion Sanders, and uh, we'll see. We'll see if there's a little bit of a comeuppance here on uh, Saturday at 11 a.m. Central. Marley, do, do you have a feeling? There's another Texas fan. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Got to give them credit. They're smart. They know where to come. Oh, uh, yes. To free. Your thoughts, and is Nebraska going to beat Colorado? Well, let's hope it doesn't come down to the fourth quarter. If it does, then it's Nebraska's dust. <laughs> Laura Lee, come on. Do we have to do this again? Oh, it's so true, though. Well, you should be saying that to Nebraska, not me. They have we, crumbled. Yeah. Time we, after we choke. Time. We choke big time. Yeah. 
Yes. Got to own it. Can we run this stat by again? Go ahead. You want to? Go ahead. And they they flashed this graphic up during the game a couple of Thursday nights ago that Nebraska, over the past five years of all Power Five teams, has lost more one-score games than anybody in the nation. And they have also blown more second-half leads than anybody in the nation. And that's over five years. So, Laura, Laura Lee, your information and your comments are not only funny, but they're warranted. And I hate rubbing it in on you, Lars, but that's not going to happen this weekend. I really hope that Nebraska found that, that certainly some of their weaknesses were exposed, particularly on offense. You can't have a quarterback running the football three times out of four and, and win football games. First, he's, he's got, probably going to get knocked out, but I would just think that uh, they've adjusted. And I think Matt Rule's a good coach. Yeah, I really do. But they've got to find a way to be able to run the football other than their quarterback. Defensively, I didn't have a problem with it. No, they played really good on uh, defense, and uh, it came down to losing the turnover battle 4-1, to one, and Nebraska had, you know, there's nine key plays in that game. If one of those nine goes Nebraska's way, they win that game. So, anyway, moving forward, um, I, I think on Saturday – it's going to be smash mouth, old school Nebraska style football. They're going to run option left, option right, fullback trap consistently over and over and over. Get the safeties to suck in and then try to throw over the top. But um, and then on on defense, we'll see if uh, if uh, Deion Sanders' son who broke something like nine school records against TCU, and he, he had a phenomenal game, and he's now suddenly on the radar of NFL scouts as not just a potential you know, uh, you know draft pick, but a, a first-round draft pick and, and possibly even a high first-round draft pick. We'll see. I mean, there's just been so much talk about Colorado after – their victory on Saturday. And I get it. They go on the road, a team that only won one game last year, go on the road and you face the, the a, a squad that played in the national championship game and you beat them. And you're, uh, you know, more than a three touchdown underdog and very impressive. But, you know, the line for this game just about a month ago was Nebraska favored by nine. And now it's Colorado by two and a half. So it's it's moved 10 points. Yeah. Based on one game. All right, Lars. In order to ensure a Cornhuskers victory, we must ask, and the Husker Nation asks, that you not place a wager on this game. <laughs> oh, no. Place a wager on Colorado. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I am the world's worst gambler. But um, do you ever do you ever and, throw around and, a nickel or two, Lorelee? Do it amazes me. I did in college. Yeah. I don't now. I don't at all now. Were you up in the house making book? No, <laughs> it was at a fraternity house. Ah, so. uh, the fraternity houses. Oh, so I don't want to go there. I know. Man, there was some cash floating around there. There is, and they probably <laughs> still do it. But That's it was how a big I am. Thing. That's how much I didn't know about gambling. So I, I placed. This may be one of the few times I ever bet on a college game. Uh, guy came back to me and said, "Well, you know, you, you lost." I, said, I gave him the money, and and he said, "Well, and 
Matt, where's the vig? What's a what's a vigorish? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that there was ten percent in there for the holder of the book. So anyway, I've, I've never been much of much of a guy to place a wager on well, much of anything. I'll say this, Matt. Uh, I'll play ho- Matt, ho- hopefully soon we are going to have a special guest appearing that uh, our Texas friends will love to see. Love to see. Bring back some great Let's memories of 2009. Let's yeah, he'll sit, sit at their sit table. right here. No, and, he needs uh, to go sit with those Texas the, the, uh, the, the axis of the world is going to tilt to his side. Uh, <laughs> He's a big uh, the, room, the room will tilt. Uh yeah, we'll see if that doesn't work. Laura Lee, you doing okay over there? Doing great. Would you like a cold beer? No, thank you. It's too early <laughs> you know, in you the never, day. No, it's, and I didn't learn this lesson on air, but you just don't imbibe when you've got a microphone. Right? That's right. You know, I think that's true for, for all lives. We'll be back at Ennis Free as you listen to Big Name Sports. Coming up up. on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Coming up on the Friday edition of The Game, we'll feature Lee Sterling. We'll feature Brent Beard. Maybe one surprise guest. SEC Parlay Big Contest presented by Brian Harden Construction. All starting at 2 o'clock here on The Game on Tide 100.9. The home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. The Game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. It's a dry forecast through early next week. The sky's sunny this afternoon. The high today, 87. Clear and very pleasant tonight, the low 62. Or tomorrow and Sunday, lots of sunshine both days. Highs between 86 and 89 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 83 degrees in Tuscaloosa. From T-Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. And Big Noon Sports is being brought to you and broadcast live from Innisfree. Drop by, have cold beer, have lunch. You know, word travels fast. All the way to Austin. As several, uh, do you like their orange? <laughs> Several uh, orange-clad Tennessee fans have walked into Innisfree, so at least they've gotten good advice on where to eat. Yeah. Now, absolutely. the fact that we were making them eat on the roof. <laughs> just kidding. Which orange, is, uh, which orange do you prefer, Tennessee orange uh, or Texas orange? Well, actually, to tell you the truth, both of them might make me want to hurl. <laughs> oh, come on. Well, more Tennessee. You know, um, did you see what Tennessee uniforms are going to look like? The black and the orange? Yeah. They're just butt ugly. All right. Speaking of Tennessee fans, I'm going to bring Robbie Glenn in in just a second. But Laura Lee, the Bama broker, Advantage Realty Group, you know what she did during the break? She started working. She's working the crowd. I've got some property out by the way. What were you doing over there, Laura Lee? Just talking? Well, I was, but I had to also let him know he was about to walk into the house and did they remember him? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I asked. 
asked them where they were from, but, you know, I love uh, fans from other games. We yeah. go to a lot of the away games and all the championships and everything we've been to, and it's fans are fun. That's why most fans are fun. So, I, I have a cousin who went to Texas, and uh, you know he swears to me and has sworn to me since 2009 that Texas wins that game if Marcel Darius doesn't knock out Colt McCoy. And I've talked to many Texas. Yep, yeah, right. And they say the same thing about Dallas Turner, don't they? From from last year, I mean, any he's the one that knocked out Ewers. Yeah, uh, but I think but more might have been right. More uh, Colt McCoy has uh, sort of uh, resonated with Texas fans for a long time. Uh, however, your, your quarterback came in and played pretty good, right? Uh, yeah, he, he played really well. He played well yeah, in that he's game. A good player. But uh, we'll hopefully get into that in more depth here in a few minutes. But uh, Robbie Glenn, former Alabama baseball player, good friend from the program. How you doing today, bud? I'm doing good. I'm uh, glad to be here. I love Innisfree, uh, love T-Town, and love big games like this. Uh, and that's about Are the only orange up? I can You see. look like you're jacked up. I haven't had a lot of sleep, so yes, I yeah, am a little I saw jacked up. On Stiker, oh, about Stryker. Yeah, morning, he had so. another bad night, but uh, you know that's that's okay. Yeah, I got a little adrenaline rush because I got here and I saw game day on the TV, and I just I love it. Big, yeah, big it's game. pretty cool. Game day and SEC Nation both here, and uh, you know just massive influx of, of fans. Uh, Robbie, what is your analysis? What are the keys to victory uh, for both for Alabama and Texas? What is Texas? Well, let's start with Texas. What do you think Texas has to do to win this game on uh, uh, tomorrow evening and pull off the upset? You know, uh, Sark knows Alabama well, so he's going to have to draw up some plays to uh, to keep our defense uh, I don't know, not playing us our kind of ball. Uh, but I, I think once Bama takes charge and they play who they, you know, they, they stay to who they are, we're going to stay with them and dominate. Um, and it's a night game. The crowd is going to be into it. Okay, it, It's, it's going to be electric. The, the team's going to feed off it. We, sh- we showed last week how fast we are. And, you know, I was watching the game with Marcel, and he got fired up when he saw the big boys on defensive line, the way they were moving and hitting people and pushing that offensive line. Yeah, agree. They weren't as the, the opponent that they're going to face tomorrow, but they're still the, the athleticism, the depth they got there. They're, they're going to they're gonna show up. How vanilla do you think uh, Coach Saban kept both the offense and defense uh, in game one? Uh, I think he just did what he had to do to get players in the right position. Um, whether it was vanilla or not, I don't know. Uh, they made it look pretty easy. Uh, and I love the quarterback. You know, I've, I've liked I liked him from day one. What has always gave Bama trouble is a running quarterback. Well, why we have a an elite running quarterback that can also pass. He just needs the right offense for him. He was coming in, playing behind Bryce, wasn't getting the looks, but the, you know, the offense was catered to Bryce and what he could do. And now this is catered to him, and I think he's just going to he's gonna roll all year. Matt and, I, Matt and I were joking yesterday that yeah. uh, we spent six months discussing, discussing who the starting quarterback was going to be, and, and that was the next answered, three days. answered in just a uh, well, very well, short amount of time. Laura Lee, I, I think one of the things that Alabama really needs to do tomorrow night is just let's let's get brutal up front. Let's run the football. 
Let's just chase the Longhorns out of town. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready for them to do just that. Uh, I think when we talked about the quarterback earlier uh, in the season, I said Jalen Milrow, and he's that he's a stud, and I think he showed that Saturday. Um, I think it surprised everybody, but it most definitely solidified his position. So let's see how he does tomorrow. I expect it'll be more of the same. You can't predict someone who is athletic as he is. He can take off at any minute. Matt, what's your analysis of how things uh, will go tomorrow? And, uh, and and again, I want to ask you the same thing I asked Robbie. Yeah. Look, from the Texas side, what does Texas need to do to win this game? They need to protect Ewers. I mean, Ewers, to me, as I think I said yesterday, he's the pendulum here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if he swings and he's accurate, and he is we good. know he's he is a, a very good, good quarterback. quarterback. So I, I think that works in Texas' favor if they can protect him. But it's like we were talking about a minute ago. Um, and Marcel was talking about how Alabama's defensive front is now getting that push, which, to be honest with you, I haven't seen in, in two or three years. Have you? Not not like Probably they, not since uh, Quinn and Williams but when was Quinn, here. You know, Alabama has a history of guys up front. Josh Chapman was the, the first guy that yep. they got there. And then you had Terrence Cody and Quinn and Williams, and I'm sure I'm leaving out a few. But no, none of those three have really stepped up in the last couple of years. Collectively, they did, and that's, again, against Middle Tennessee State University. I saw it again and also saw the fire on the offensive line. Robbie, did did you see at the very beginning of the game, uh, it was Latham and Booker, I think. They took a linebacker like 10. Yeah. It looked like the scene out of Blindside. Yeah. You remember when he takes him and takes dumps him? All the way him? Back. Yeah. Um, I see that physicality up front, Robbie, that I don't think I've really seen in the last couple of years. No, that was really nice seeing. I, you know, I just, I'm blown away how big they are and how they can move. And uh, and that's what I want to see tomorrow. I want to see these guys in the trenches because Texas is known for their defensive line. I want to see our offensive line push these guys around and make them quit in the fourth quarter like we used to. And that was what the thing. You know, Bama steps off the bus. Everybody was intimidated. Let's get that back. And I think we're going we're, we're gonna to see that with this group. I think the key for Texas is throw. they got to throw the ball all around the field. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're going to have much success running. But uh, Quinn Ewers had great success early against Alabama. I think he's 9-12 for over 100 yards. And if he doesn't go down in that game, I still think Texas w- wins that game. Um, but the, the strength of the Alabama defense is, I think, on the back end, in the, in the secondary. And so, um, you know, we'll, I, I think they, they, they need to do quick passes, get the ball out of uh, Ewer's hand really fast. And I know Steve Sarkeesian, uh, again, just from our experience with him, He's going to devise a great game plan. He knows exactly what he's stepping into. Uh, he knows the environment. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I think Texas is going to be very well prepared for this game. A lot has been brought up, and rightfully so, when you've got two of your starters in the secondary banged up. And granted now, Alabama's secondary is pretty deep. But uh, it was Malachi Moore and Key that were banged up in, the, in yeah, Jalen Key. Um, my, my word, and several people we've had on the show, they're practicing, Laura Lee. I, I, 
I don't mean to be overly confident. I don't see that as a problem, and we need them. Right. We do need them, and that's why I'm saying if uh, Texas throws the ball, I mean, we have ball hawks, so yay. Uh, throw the ball. We want you to. <laughs> Try it. Alabama only had seven interceptions last year. When they said that on the telecast, I went, no, I'm sorry, that's wrong. This is a team that used to pick off 15 a year. Mm-hmm. I think um, they'll do it again this year. I think we have the guys. I think they're ready. We've already done it once. So Alabama, uh, in a sense, did it last night in Kansas City. Brian Branch, oh, yeah. uh, pick six. It was what the play, play, of the, play of the game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a game-changing play. And I, I, I really thought that Brian Branch was going to be a great NFL player. And what a way to be begin your career with the pick six off of Mahomes that ends up being Robbie the, the play of the game. I don't know if you had a chance to see it. Yeah, I watched a little bit of it and then I you know got to see Gibbs also with some great runs. Uh, just they should have given him the ball more. I don't understand why. The, well, it was part of it. That's, yeah. You know, they're drawing it up, but no, that, anytime you you leave Alabama defense and get to the NFL, that's all you hear about is uh, it's it's different, it's pro ball, but it's still the same because they, they did it every Every time here at Bama, you know, the, the, the defensive playbook was a lot bigger than what they saw in the NFL. So, Robbie, uh, did you reach into your bag of tricks here? We got somebody coming by. Yeah, he is, uh, he's actually at Nick's Kids right now, and he just texted okay. me. He said he's getting ready to walk out there and uh, be head this way. All right, that would be Marcel Darius. Yeah. Okay, we yeah. got you. All right. Well, hey, it is halftime here at Dennis Free. Come by and grab a cold beer with us. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. mornings at 6 a.m. The Martin Houston Show. Join us on Monday as we break down the good, the bad, and the ugly, and we'll have Kennedy Smith, the third of the athletic, and hopefully we'll be breaking down Alabama's big win over the Texas Longhorns. Catch the Martin Houston Show from 6 to 7 weekday mornings on Tide 100.9. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. More Big Noon Sports coming up. Coming to you live from the place to be is Innisfree. So drop by and see us. They have a special that runs every day. Really, it's not just on Fridays when we're here, which we will be through the remainder of the season, but they have a meet and free for $9.99. Hey, Texas. How you, Texas? Let me hear you. Hi. <laughs> if any guys want to come up, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I need a te- we need a Texas fan. We do. Front and center. Come up here. Put the headsets on. All right, on. here we go. You know, that, they're uh, 
I don't know, 8 to 10. I've seen some walking on the street. Yeah, there's quite a few outside. Um, yep. It's uh, fantastic. All right. Hey, thanks for coming up here. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course, man. Uh, of course. So, right, what's the name and where are you from? Uh, I, my name is Aiden Frazier, and I am from Dallas, Texas, but I go to UT. Go to UT? Um, I love I love Austin. It is really like one of my, one of my favorite cities in the country. Uh, so from just what's the feel on campus at Austin about this game facing Alabama? Like your chances? I think we're all very excited. Uh, a little bit of a bad taste in our mouth after last year. You know, I think we uh, had a rough time. Um, that was one of the most exciting games that I had been to last year uh, in Austin. So I'm hoping to get a similar experience out of it today, I mean, or um, Saturday. And I think it'll be great, man. I've got a great team, very confident. I mean, we'll see how it goes. By the way, his name is Lars. My name is Matt. This is Laura Lee. Did you say your first name is Ian? Aiden. Aiden? Yes, sir. Ah, still just the same. You should be at Ennisfree. <laughs> no, I'll figure out a way that relates. Okay, you came up here, so I'm going to ask you a tough question, too. What do you think about Alabama putting the ban on the Texas fans in the upper deck as Texas did it to Alabama last year? Year. Um, I mean, Did you bring your sunscreen? Got to say, that, that rubbed a lot of Alabama people the wrong way. Yep, yep. So I'm actually staying with a friend from home uh, that goes here, and she was uh, pretty upset about not only the fans being stuck up there, but the band being stuck up there last year, too. Um, so, you know, I got to say, I completely understand it. It's not going to be ideal. Uh, at least it's a night game, so yeah. someone won't be out too bad, but... I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I, I teach at Alabama on faculty, and uh, there are so many students from Texas that go to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of that? Like, and, and it's what, unreal. What, what is it? Is it and when I ask my students, okay, from out of state, why did you come to Alabama? Like nine out of ten mentioned the football program. Mm-hmm. Is it the same way at Texas that that people want to go to Texas because of uh, just the history and tradition of Texas football? Yeah, that's definitely a big part of it. I'd say another like big reason a lot of people come down to Texas is, I mean, just the city of Austin is a great place to. It is great place to go to school, man. I mean, there's so many things to do. Just, Was it Eighth Street? Sixth Street, Street, Sixth Street, Sixth Street, yes. Street. Yeah. Oh man, it is a great, great music on Sixth Street in, in Austin. Yeah. Yeah. And now, I mean, music's great. The comedy scene is growing a lot, which is really cool to experience. Um, Joe Rogan just opened up his new place right on Sixth Street. Uh, so kind of perfect timing. Going to our senior year, we're going to experience some of that. So. So, are y'all going to be tailgating? Or are you just going to be walking around? I plan to be tailgating. You know, I mean. Number one, we've got a bunch of guys from Texas coming in, a bunch of guys that we're good buddies with, so I'm sure we'll plan out something. Um, but again, yeah, like most of us are staying with friends that do go to Alabama, so we're like kind of just letting them take the wheel and show me where to go, I'll go, you know? So that's the plan. I hear the over by College Game Day, that area. I plan on being there at some point tomorrow, too. So. And I think SEC Nation SEC is going to be yeah. here, so mm-hmm. you'll have two shows. And then uh, maybe you'll end up at the Cup of Sick House. I see you have a shirt on. Uh-huh. Yeah, potentially, potentially. And the, the, the governor from Texas is here. I know there's a big pep rally tonight uh, down on, on the river. 
van river by the market. river. Yeah, the river market. Thank you, Laura Lee. Um, so it, it's great. I uh, love the fact that there are so many Texas fans. It, it, so we've made this argument when talking about this game that it is the biggest non-conference home game in the Nick Saban era because typically uh, home opponents, non-conference, tend to be cupcakes that you feast on. Mm-hmm. And so this is a completely different. And so it's, it's special from that standpoint. For, for people in, in Austin and, and Texas fans, just how do they view the Alabama program, Nick Saban? Uh, would this be, you know, just sort of a, a huge step forward? for the entire program under Sarkeesian. Right, yeah, definitely. I'd say across the board, we have a lot of respect for the Alabama program. Um, we're all very excited to be joining the SEC just because of the fact that we have the opportunity to have great opponents like Alabama, LSU, like all, all the big SEC schools just on a regular season, like year is awesome. Um, and I'm very excited that we're out, like able to come out the year before um, and just kind of see see how we'll do you know i feel like this is a good gonna give us a good glimpse of how we're gonna perform away next year so and were you surprised that texas made the jump to the sec i wouldn't really say i'm surprised at it you know um i think that texas and ou both are just getting a little old of the big 12 and some things needed to change and it's great also that I think we had A&M on our eyes a little bit, so it's great that we'll get to uh, re that that rivalry again, too. So, What are you majoring in? I'm an accounting major, so I'm doing the five-year program to you get my master's. You don't talk like an accounting major. No, you don't. I mean, you're really, you're <laughs> like, there. I thought you're you might a natural be a at this. You're doing a great major. job, really. Appreciate it, appreciate what it. What do you want to do? I don't know, man. Yeah, I've, I've got an internship coming up next spring um, at uh, PwC doing a capital markets and accounting advisory uh, internship. So we'll see how I like that. It seems like some pretty interesting stuff, but we'll see how that plays out and get a better feel for what I want to do post-college. Is Austin home, or did you go to school at Austin? I go to school in Austin. I'm from the North Dallas area originally, Plano, Louisville, uh, which is about 30 minutes north of, like, downtown. So... Post-college, I'd, I'd probably plan on coming back home for a little bit. Austin's a great place, but a little homesick. I love Dallas, so. Uh, what'd you order, or have you? We got, we haven't ordered yet, but we've got some fried pickles on the way as an appetizer. <laughs> <laughs> the, the last time I was in Austin, I'm a, I'm a magazine writer and a book writer as well, and I was doing a, a long-form piece on sneaking into sporting events, and one of the people I focused on was a, a, a student from uh, at, at Texas, and he snuck into, like it was like game seven of the NBA finals by dressing up as a reporter. <laughs> he had a, oh, wow. he made Made his own Who bleacher report. He made his own bleacher report credential, and and uh, and and got in there. And if you act like you know what you're doing, and, you he, and he did it, and uh, he yeah. did it. Uh, I hope he didn't get in trouble for that after the story came out and well, was read by over now, a million people. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I just uh, have you spent? Have either of you spent time in Austin? Not much, no. Not a lot. I've been to Dallas a lot, of course, you know, going to the football games. Uh, Dallas and Houston been a lot, but, uh, you know, not really Austin. But I certainly have watched it from afar. And it used to be just a little capital city. 
But now, did I hear them say it's the 10th largest city in America? Or is that, does that sound possible? How many no. people live there? That sounds, that sounds like it. I don't think that's don't possible. Think it that's might be possible. the 10th fastest growing city oh, in America. Yeah, it go. is, I mean, we've got so many, so many people moving in from all, all types of areas. A lot of California guys moving in, a lot of New York. So growing rapidly, um, which is very, it's, it's cool to see. Uh, it's a little rough with the airport. It's a small airport, so yes, as fast it as it's growing, it's <laughs> sometimes it gets hard to get out of the city, but um, I would highly recommend checking it out. Uh, it's amazing. There's just so much stuff to do, and it's very, a very good place to experience, for sure. Well, I look forward to Texas coming into the SEC mm -hmm. so we can have some lower bowl tickets. <laughs> Uh, That's and, right. And <laughs> There's a rule once you're in the SEC, you yeah, can't you, you can't do that nonsense you know that? of putting everybody oh, up. The SEC in the, has uh, a rule that you, you can't get, do lower bowl. Texas and Alabama are Texas doing Texas started each other. this fight, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I'm from Lincoln, Nebraska, and big Cornhusker fan. And the reason that Nebraska left the Big 12 is because of Texas and the nonsense like that. But uh, anyway, as a longtime Arkansas fan, going back to Southwest conference um i'm not a big texas guy but i have a lot of respect for their tradition. oh me too i, I mean, do I, I, I was looking yeah. through their all americans lamb jones roosevelt leaks ricky williams not to mention one of my favorite all-time running backs who would rather run through that bar than run around it earl campbell earl campbell, earl campbell what and, a great player uh, wow you know who's your all-time favorite texas player Quinn uh, Ewers? I'm, I'm younger, you know, uh, but I'd have to go with Colt McCoy, man. That's one of the, that's one of the classics. Right, well, we're going to have the guy who knocked him out of the uh, national championship game sitting in your seat in about a few minutes here. Um, what's your prediction for the game? Oh, uh, I know, I know the spread's seven. I, I predict that we at least cover that, and uh, hopefully we, we come out on top, but... Uh, I, I feel pretty confident. We'll see how it goes. Well, I hope you guys have a great time here in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I hope everybody will. treats you well, nah, and uh, I'm I sure promise. they will. Yeah. Thank you so much. Of course. Uh, you really quick, did a great we'll job. Let you go, Aiden. Uh, how did you find out about Ennis Free? I mean, just your buddies or your people that uh, are going to school here, did they tell you to come here? Because we're here every Friday. Okay, yeah. It was my buddies that did, and we actually spent a, a little bit of time here last night, too. So oh, good. <laughs> got some drinks sounds last of, night. It sounds to me like you spent. <laughs> a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> I had the drinks. They were good. I had to come back to try out the food, you know. <laughs> that is the... Already has a loyal process. customer. Exactly. Right. I've lived with that. Yep, yep. Uh, probably a lot longer than I should have. All right. <laughs> uh, Laura Lee, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, back at Innisfree in a minute. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. Known as the Bama Broker. She's a Tuscaloosa native, an Alabama graduate, and the only realtor in town with Wall Street experience. A skilled negotiator, Laura Lee knows how to buy low and sell high. And the Bama Broker isn't just going to show you houses. No, Laura Lee is going to educate you on the market, guide you to homes that fit your budget, and teach you how to sell your home for its maximum profit. Throughout the entire process, Process, the Bama Broker will equip you with the tools you need to both buy a home and build financial wealth through home ownership. Trust me, the Bama Broker 
who's as roll-tied as houndstooth, will get you across the goal line. That's Laura Lee Thompson, the Bama broker with Advantage Realty Group. You can reach her at 205-790-7229. Again, that's 205-790-7229. And you can also email her at Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. That's Laura Lee at thebamabroker.com. From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation. Across the United States. And from around the world. As respected industry leaders. We are here. Working hard for you. In an effort to provide you with. Excellence in sports medicine. Excellence in research and education. And excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. It's a dry forecast through early next week. The sky's sunny this afternoon. The high today, 87. Clear and very pleasant tonight, the low 62. For tomorrow and Sunday, lots of sunshine both days. Highs between 86 and 89 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. Every Friday during the Alabama football season, Lars and myself and assorted guests will be live from noon until 2, the length of our show, right here at Free, which is on University. And there are a lot of folks in here already. We can find you a table, okay? Promise you, you can get your hamburger and your ice-cold beer. And they have many selections, and they've got your favorite mixed drink as well. So please come down here and see us. Right now, we have Matt, Lars, Robbie Glenn is with us. Laura Lee Thompson is with us. And joining us, very glad to bring Steve Irvine back in and on our show. Steve, how you doing? And please tell us the good news that was released yesterday by Tim Stevens. Yeah, I'm, I'm back in the... I'm good. I hope you guys are doing good today. I'm, I'm back in the working world, uh, back making an honest living. And uh, with uh, it's a site that's called Magic City Impact, uh, magiccityimpact.com. It's... Um, it's a it's an arm of the uh, student athlete NIL, which is uh, uh, um, is teamed with uh, UAB. It's uh, kind of a separate collective uh, uh, for NIL collective, and we're um, we're Tim and I will be uh, providing some content for um, just a, a, for a kind of a separate website to uh, cover the program, and and uh, it's, it's a place where people can come and. Get involved with uh, with the NIL. Read read about the UAB and and what's going on, and get involved with the NIL with these with these student athletes at UAB. So it's uh, it's something that's kind of a unique, it's a fairly unique um, uh, concept of, of, of our our website, and uh, and we're just going to see where it, where it goes. And I'm I'm very excited, and uh, we've hit the ground running, and um, just uh, ready to roll. Steve, uh, I know your focus now is on UAB, but let's uh, shift uh, what we're looking at to Alabama, Texas. What is your analysis of this game and uh, keys to victory for Alabama? Uh, well, I'm excited about that game. I'm, I'm actually going to be there, which I'm really excited about. Uh, with uh, I'm going to be there as a fan. But uh, now I think the key to victory is, um, is I, I think that Alabama – 
can out-athlete Texas. I really do. I think Texas has a lot of talent, but I think Alabama is so athletic that um, you know, I think the key is to um, – to, to show that athleticism and and you know and you know get on the get on the edge and and just make plays and not necessarily try to slug it out even though I think Alabama is certainly capable of doing that with anybody but just uh, use your athletes and and you know I think that starts with Jalen Milrow and 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 the running game and uh, you know and just kind of build from there. Larley. So. What do you think Texas needs to do? Do you think they have a chance? Oh, they have a chance. Yeah, absolutely have a chance. I, I think they need to, um, honestly, I think they need to turn it into, uh, uh, you know, turn it into a fist fight. You know, turn it into, uh, you know, get physical. And, you know, I know that, you know, Texas, hey, Texas has plenty of playmakers too, don't get me wrong. But I think their best chance is to, uh, is to kind of, uh, you know, ugly it up a little bit and, and um kind of get in the get in the mud and uh you know kind of slug it out i mean i think that's kind of their best chance uh again i you know i mean i think alabama's capable of doing that too so i'm not sure that um yeah i mean i don't think that that's the alabama's just gonna lose if that happens but uh but i just think that's yeah i think you guys again you got to turn in i think texas got turned into a fist fight Steve, both of us are writers, and to me, the best story coming into this game from a a feature standpoint is Steve Sarkeesian and, uh, you know, how Nick Saban uh, absolutely saved and resuscitated his career after uh, that well-known sort of public meltdown uh, in Los Angeles when he was the head coach of USC and uh, coming to Alabama as an analyst and uh, getting paid $35,000 a year and just sort of working his way back up. And, you know, uh, I love the fact that Nick Saban gives people second chances. And to me, Steve, Steve Sarkeesian is like a perfect example why you give somebody a second chance. Oh, absolutely. And you know, you know what was funny was was when when he uh, when he came to Alabama. I had a a good friend of mine out in, out, out on the coast that uh, is a writer uh, that that called me when he you know when when he found out he was coming there and and you know he, he's like what why is he what's he doing why is he bringing this guy there I mean what you know this you know, this guy's a bad guy and and you know he's he's had all this stuff and 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 I remember telling him like you know. Why doesn't he deserve a chance? I mean, you know, to, to, to straighten himself up and or to straighten his life out, and, and you know, and and I, I love that too. I think that Big Save has done that so many times, and and, and times where with some people like this, where some other people say, you know, why do it? Why waste your time? Uh, and and to me, it's not a waste of time. And and that same person, you know, when when he was successful, I called him and I said, that's why he did it. And, He's like, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, you know, I was wrong because, you know, because uh, he's turned himself around. And, you know, and I think it's always people have always known he's a heck of a football coach. I and mean, there's no doubt about that. There's never a doubt about that. Uh, it's, uh, but, but you know, he's had some personal problems. But, but, heck, we all, you know, we all have our – it happens to everybody. You know, in a different way, you know, things happen to everybody. And, and so um, I think it's just a great story. And I think it's a great thing that Nick Saban does with, with, uh, with a lot of these coaches. Hey, let's talk a little UAB. First of all, uh, just kind of assess the play of Zeno, a quarterback. How many records did he set? 
last week? Well, the main one was uh, completions. Uh, completions in a game, which is 38 for UAB. Uh, you know, 38 or 41, man. I mean, you know, that's not easy to do against the air. It really isn't with you, know, especially when you're talking about how fast that that, that they go. I mean, they, you know, they they're playing tempo and everything just real quick. And you, know, you got to give the, the receivers a lot of credit. There was no drop, you know, and. and and it was it was all just get the ball out quick, get the ball out quick, get the ball out quick. You know, and then they hit one one deep ball, well actually two, you know, a deep ball and an intermediate ball. Other than that, it's just get the ball to playmaker. So he's got 13 different guys, uh, you know, kind of uh, had a catch. Uh, five guys had four catches, uh, and 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 that was a team high. So. It was just, it was a great plan uh, for that particular game, just to get the ball out, let the playmakers make a play. And, I, and honestly, I think that's what they're, that's going to be kind of their base moving forward. Now, they'll change some things. There'll be some games where they go over the top a little more and, and maybe run the ball a little more because, uh, you know, they, they ran the ball well, but they just didn't, you know, they didn't really commit to it as much as they are in some games. But, uh, I just thought Zeno was, you know, the great, to me, the biggest thing that Zeno did compared to last year, to, you know, also is he made decisions quickly. And in that, in that kind of offense, he got to make decisions quickly. And he did. And last year he struggled with that. There was a lot of times last year that he just, you know, just, I don't know, he just didn't get rid of the ball. And, and so that was huge to see him make those decisions quickly. And, Really, he made one bad decision and one bad throw, and it should have been a pick six, and the guy dropped it. Other than that, he made, uh, you know, every every one of his decisions was the right thing, and he, and he made the play. Steve Irvine is our guest. And, again, the, the name of the media outlet that you're going to now be with, you, you blew it by me like a Nolan Ryan fastball. What is <laughs> it called again? That's kind of what I do. Yeah, what you, uh, Mag- MagicCityImpact.com. Uh, and, uh it's uh, again. It's a collective. Uh, it's a collective arm for uh, for for um, for UAB athletics. All right. One more question before we let you go, Steve. And uh, that's just the demeanor uh, of Trent Dilfer, from him coming in and not having won a game to where he is right now. Has it changed much at all? Um. Does his demeanor change much at all? Yeah. I know. I mean. After, you know, he, he's won his first college football games. Is 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 he any different than he was before he was uh, winless? No, no. He, he's always going to be the same guy. He, you know, he's the, the thing about Trent Dilfer, he, he's going to wear his emotions on his sleeves. I mean, I, and I can tell you what, this this week's practice when I was there was was hard now. I mean, he was he got after him hard, and, and it was not uh, – there's not a – there was not a bit of, of uh, they didn't seem satisfied at all. In fact, he he was a little more on edge, I think, than he was before his, before his first game. I mean, I, I just think that I think part of it he doesn't want his guys to get satisfied, and and uh, so so he still he's going to be the same guy. He's you know he's, he's not going to change. I mean, he, he you know he don't want to change, but he but he is going to wear whatever emotion he's got going on. You're going to know it because he's going to wear it on his sleeve. What are those? Uh, <laughs> they just bought uh, a round of drinks with the Guinness, but it's only like a third of the way. Anyway. Robbie, you know what hey, those are. Steve. something in there. Uh, oh, that's a car- it's an Irish car bomb. That's what it is. Okay. Does that sound familiar? What do they, dro- what do they drop in there? What's 120? It looks like a shot of, uh, what is it? It's Jaeger. Larley, are you a mixologist? No. 
But it looks like Bailey's or something. It looks like these ladies going to get it started. Uh, hey, Steve, sorry, but sometime one Friday, come down and sit with us here. Um, we'll buy you a burger and get you a really good cold beer, and uh, we can do this thing in person, all right? Man, I'm ready. I'm ready to do it. Hey, congratulations to you and Tim. I appreciate you. You bet. Thanks, Steve. Great stuff. Wow. Uh, Matt, All right. this, this place is uh, All right, really, on three. Uh, All right, are you here. ready? <laughs> One. Uh, yeah. yeah, Guinness and Bailey's. Yeah. Guinness we had one of these right down the street. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting evening. All right. They're taking pictures now. And uh, this is a radio show, so I should remember. But there's a group of uh, five young ladies all getting set to do an Irish car bomb. You remember the old Flamin' Dr. Peppers? <laughs> oh, yeah. What? Flamin' Dr. Peppers. Never heard of it. Really? Oh. Take a 151 Bacardi well, with Amaretto, anything. drop it into a beer, why it's on fire, chug it. Tastes just like Dr. Pepper. Don't even taste any bit of alcohol. Wow. Yeah, I've always wondered why people say it doesn't taste, and I'm not getting on to you. It doesn't taste, uh, taste like it alcohol. It tastes like Dr. Pepper. I'm, I want to taste the alcohol. Well, you don't want to taste I'm, 151. <laughs> well, I'm trying to remember I have. what they're called, uh, but it was Southern Comfort and Club Soda. And oh, you put your hand over. Slam. It's a slam. It. Bama Slammer. Bama Slammer. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Uh, and then there's the poppers we did in El Paso. I'm not getting into that. Um, <laughs> all right, come by. We're you know we're having a blast. There's a lot of orange in here. Yep, it's good yep. to see. <laughs> oh, did they do it? They did it. We missed it. <laughs> yeah. You just did there that live on the radio. So. Yeah, Matt, you're the play-by-play guy. I would love to have done. Hey, you have to do another one so I can call it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with more Big Men Sports. We're coming to you live and having a blast, obviously, at Ennis Free right here on University. Come have a car bomb. For championships. Throws intercepted Alabama. Built by Bama. Alabama is still Alabama. Join us Saturday as the Crimson Tide welcome the Texas Longhorns to Tuscaloosa. Our coverage begins at 3 on your home for Alabama football. Tide 100.9. Presented by Birmingham Racecourse and Casino. I-459 at 31. You can be a winner too. Under the SEC Sports. Like good zoo on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. I think word got out in Texas because uh, we have we have a lot. I saw people walking the door and doing the hook 'em horns thing. So uh, we got a lot of Texas fans here, which is good. Welcome. Um, and we'll see what happens tomorrow night because uh, Alabama, number three in the nation, will be taking on the visitors from Austin 
the Longhorns, who ranked number 11 and, and had a relatively impressive first game. Laura Lee Thompson, Bama broker from Advantage Realty Group, is with us. And, uh, Laura, let's take a minute. You're so good about contributing and talking about the actual games and what's going on. But uh, let's talk about something that you absolutely know everything about, and that's being the Bama broker. How are things now? I, I understand the economies of it because I'm paying much higher interest than I was. And yes. I'm not real fond of it. But you can still work with it and, and get a property. Yes. Oh, yes. I mean, we still have properties uh, here in Tuscaloosa. Y'all have to check out some of these game day condos. Let's talk about, wow, there's some uh, that overlook Bryant, Denny, Westgate. Those are over a million dollars. Can you imagine? Can you imagine no, actually, to- <laughs> I can't because I lived in uh, the basement of a garage for two years. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, we have game day condos. Uh, we have student condos. So they run the gamut from anywhere around 200000 or a little bit less for a, a one-bedroom, one-bath, all the way up over a million. So uh, we have several on the market. You know, and the numbers you're throwing out are pretty high. But in the long run, when you got three kids that are four years apart, and it, is, it makes a lot of economic sense, not to mention you got a place, unlike a basement of a garage, you're, you know, that you can go to. You stay with your kids. Right. Uh, and, and the concept, I'm really not sure. That, what, that didn't exist when we were in school, did it? No. Did you live in a condo or did you live in Tutwiler? Oh, I didn't live in Tut. I don't blame you. No, <laughs> I wasn't a dorm person, so I You I don't did. look like a dorm person. <laughs> no, you don't. I lived at the sorority house, and I lived yeah. in an apartment. So, uh, yes, but condos are a thing. They were starting to be built when I was here in school, uh, but now they're everywhere, and it is a great buy for parents that have kids coming in and then you can turn it over when they graduate and uh, we're a big Texas school and they have all money right you know, they're buying condos trust me well speaking of Texas guys um, there are just so many intriguing angles and storylines to this game and it really springs out of last year's game Alabama wins 20 to 9 but Texas proved a lot in that game. They proved that they can stand toe-to-toe with Alabama. They got Alabama's attention. And uh, in, in, it, so this is almost, to me, this is like the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth quarter of, uh, of last year's game. It's ex- an extension of it. You have Steve Sarkeesian coming back to Alabama. You have uh, Texas making their first trip to Tuscaloosa since 1902. You have the fact that Nick Saban is 28-2 against his former assistants. And I, you could argue that Alabama has the most talented roster in the country and certainly looked that way in their win last week over 
over Middle Tennessee, but Texas, you know, they beat Rice 37 to 10. But just like Alabama, they kept everything sort of nondescript when it comes to play calling and, and what they want to do on both offense and defense. And so last week, Robbie was really just dress rehearsal for tomorrow. Um, of all the uh, all the different storylines that I just mentioned, what what to you is the most intriguing? And uh, and, and again, let's just get your sort of take on on what is going to decide this game ultimately. Well, like you said, both both you know played a pretty media. Uh, they kept it vanilla, like you said, a little bit. Uh, got through the game and and played hard and got a lot of players on the field getting some action. But they're coming to Tuscaloosa tomorrow at, at night, and that's that's a big factor. Our fans are going to show up, make it very intimidating, I think. Um, and then you start putting into the hype of the game. Bama's in this game a lot, All right? Let's not these we play this game a lot. Texas does not. This is going to be a big hype game. How do they control the emotions? How do they show up to play when Bama starts knocking them in the mouth? And how does Bama respond when they knock them in the mouth? Bama's used to that. They can be down and come back. You keep saying last year the quarterback got hurt and we wouldn't have won that game. I disagree. Bryce would have found some way to win it. Okay, it, it, you just do. We had the, We were going to win the game one way or the other. We played that bad and still won. But see, Matt and I have been talking about this for a while, right? About how last year kind of everybody on the Alabama offense was just looking at one person. That was number nine. Number nine's not there anymore. You know, this team is just so different now. Oh, balanced. And one of the things that is different about it is penalties. Oh, last year, every game, both games we lost in Texas, penalties. Penalties. Had a couple. Yeah. That was it. And one of them was uh, roughing the passer that the quarterback didn't even fall down. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was a bogus call. But, you know, that's part of the game. That's going to happen. Well, I ask you, because you and I have been coming to the games here a long time. Me, a lot longer than you. Let's make sure we clarify that. But even when I was here and up to now, I'm not saying Alabama fans are hand-sitters, but there's more juice at Auburn usually and at LSU. Um, I somehow feel that that trend is going to stop tomorrow night. There's something about this game. There's something about Texas coming into this league. There's something about the fact that it's the game of the nation, and these two teams are damn good. Do you, I think they're going to blow the roof, not that there is one, off of Brian Denny tomorrow night. Um, 
Do you think Alabama really on offense is going to be run heavy, just lean on that offensive line? Uh, I believe it is the biggest offensive line in college football history. I need to be double-checked on that. I know that's a soaring, sweeping statement, but uh, given the fact you got three dudes over 350, I Unreal. believe, um, that uh, there's more girth up there than there is on any starting offensive line in the NFL. And so to me, this feels like, you know, it's almost like a, a, ver, a 2009, 2010 Nick Saban, Trent Richardson kind of game. Yeah, I, I see that too. But, uh, you know, you can't you can't just line up and run the ball. Like I said, uh, Texas is going to have one of the best defensive lines in the nation all through the year. So that's a big test. you got to stay balanced. And I think with uh, – with Milrow, he just gives so many options now with the pass option. And what we saw with those receivers getting separation last week, we didn't see last year. So you're going to have to respect their deep pass and the touch that he had with that arm of his. Yes, we're going to line up and play smash mouth and control it, but uh, we're going to also take our shots deep. So it, it's going to be a balanced attack by by our offense. And uh, I expect a big, big output from us, like a 38, 40-point range. And what's Texas going to score? I have them not scoring many until late and getting some uh, lucky touchdowns. So it's more like a 38, maybe 24 at the end because they got those last scores late. So, great minds think alike. I've got 35-24. There you go. We'll get Laura's pick here in a minute. Lars's as well. As we broadcast live from Innisfree, um, hopeful that Marcel's going to be able to show up here in just a minute. I hope so. If not, uh, let me tell you, good time is I think you can really, really hear in the background. A good time being had by all here at Innisfree on University as Alabama gets ready for Texas on Big Noon Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. It's a dry forecast through early next week. The sky's sunny this afternoon. The high today, 87. Clear and very pleasant tonight, below 62. For tomorrow and Sunday, lots of sunshine both days. Highs between 86 and 89 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 85 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Friday, Big Noon Sports is where you ought to be. And that's at Innisfree on University. Oh, God. They have a marvelous menu. And I see somebody over here that looks like they're eating a, a big old toss salad. And there's a wrap. So you say fries. big old? Huh? Big old? Big old. <laughs> How do you spell that? B-I-G. Then a different space. word. Space. No. Oh. Space. Um, O-L apostrophe? E. No. O-L-E possibly. O-L-E. O-L-E. Big O. Sounds like it's just one word. It's spelled yeah. the same way as... Uh, I think it's whatever you want. Is it to, do you say it the same way or spell it the same way as you do Ole Miss? Is that the way it goes? <laughs> Yeah. Do you really yeah. care? No. It's just a big old salad. You know, if it's O-L and apostrophe, you know, he's a journalist. I'm still guy. getting used to the Southern diction. Even though you said you were a It's salt. been 15 years. I know. <laughs> still getting used to it? <laughs> I'm slow. All right, i got to ask you this, as long as we've uh, taken a left turn here. Um, 
Are your children starting to talk Southern? Oh, my gosh. Autumn, uh, I have twin girls who are six, Autumn and Farah, and Autumn knows how much it fires me up when they uh, they pull then they don the southern accent and so just to uh, really get me going she will be she'll drop y'alls and uh, be like daddy I need I need to get me some food some good food and I can't even understand what she's saying but she's She's got some uh, acting ability in her. But then she'll just go right back to well, she, uh, speaking just, the King's English of the Midwest. She's, she's yanking your chain. Is that basically yes. what you're telling us? Yeah. That's okay. it. All right, Laura Lee. So um, it begins. I don't know if we got your a, a score prediction or not. Have not we? Yet. Yeah. Not yet. Well, let's, uh, let's dial it in. Bring it on. What do you think score is going to be, say, 10 o'clock Saturday night? Well, I was going with 34-17, but that was Walt's score, so I'm going to have to do something a little bit different. I'm going to change it and go 38-17. Okay. So, two safeties, I guess. I'm just trying to do that. Robbie, you said so, didn't you? Yep, I already did. 38-24, uh, I believe. Because right. I said 35-24. Lars, have you? I think this is going to be a back-and-forth affair, and uh, I think Texas is actually going to jump out early and, and play really well. And uh, I like Alabama late. Uh, last, I think it's going to be – it's going to come down to the last possession of the game, probably really? even the last play of the game. And Will Reichert hitting one from 47. So it will be 31-28 Alabama. So Isn't that what Justin Jones said? Or was that your that text was me. from earlier? Yeah, that was okay. me. All right. 31-28. Yeah, the one thing I meaning I Alabama think, doesn't cover. I Although yesterday can, I said Alabama covers. Okay. <laughs> one thing I think that could happen and and kind of obviously hope is I've been talking about all show and all week. I just think Alabama gets really physical and pounds the ball and opens up play action. Yeah. And that is play action is a perfect situation for a younger quarterback because usually when you play action, you're going to draw a safety or a corner your way. Okay. And and then if you run two receivers in that zone, even in a playing zone, somebody's likely going to be open. And you know, if, if you have a defense that doesn't know if you're going to run or play fake, they are playing on the balls of their feet, and you get that half second, maybe even less, but it matters. So Alabama comes out, and I think you're going to see uh, you're going to see Jason Roydell over and over and over again, and I think in the fourth quarter uh, you're going to see Justice Haynes, and he's going to put it on him because he has the ability. They all have great ability, let's face it. But I just see something special in Haynes, and he's going to be that back that comes in there and just really polishes them all. Robbie, going back to when you were in school, you were friends with so many Alabama players. You still are. You're really good buddies with uh, Marcel Darius, who uh, you just mentioned you've been calling and and talking with, and he's uh, speaking to the team, uh, and he'll be – doing some stuff tomorrow as well. Um, wh- what is it about the Alabama players that they take most pride in doing on the on on Saturdays? Well, I mean, it just goes back to the, the days Bear Bryant and everybody is step on that field. You, you have a little pride and you expect to win when you get here. And when we were here, 92, 
that team was no difference. Eric Curry, John Cope, Langham, you know, and then the offense, Kevin Lee, Prince Wembley, and Jay Barker, and, you know, they play smash mouth. You know, it wasn't it wasn't pretty, but they, they hit you. And uh, basically that's what Alabama defense is doing now. They, they line up and they hit you, both sides of the ball. Now a little bit more wide open with the offense, but the name of the game is hit that man in front of you, hit him in the mouth hard, and see if he don't get up. Yeah, Matt, I think this game is going to come down to uh, offensive line play, I defensive agree. line play. I agree. Uh, it's just going to be uh, football 101, brute force against brute force, and then see who has uh, who has more of it. You know, uh, two uh, uh, two by fours slapping against each other, and and uh, may the best man win. You know, there's one thing that um, I, th- I think will prove in this game tomorrow, and you know. Offensive lines gel as the season grows. And these guys have really never lined up alongside each other in the way that they did last Saturday night. But that goes back to my physicality. The closer knit and the more they know, the the right guard knows what the right tackle's doing and the center's checking off to a certain alignment. I mean, experience grows your offensive line in such a tremendous way. And, and you know, they say, and I think it's true, teams will improve the most from game one to game two. And I think that we are going to see what we got a glimpse of against the Blue Raiders, and that's knocking people on the mouth up front in the trenches. If, if, if Alabama loses this game, what does that mean? Uh, You know, if we lose, which we don't say that around here, we still have a chance with the SEC to make it back up and still get in the SEC championship and then get in the national championship. Texas doesn't have that, I don't believe. Who are they going to play down the road? May, Oklahoma, maybe. But um, yeah. so there's a little bit more on Bama, I think. I mean, on Texas riding on this, but Bama does not want to lose at home. And I want to see. They're known for their receivers. They're going to challenge Kool-Aid, right? If you're going, if you think you're the best receivers in the game, you got to go against our best. We're going to see how they line up against him. I bet you he gets a pick or two tomorrow, and that could be a game changer too. Matt, I think we're just going to learn so much about the identity of this Alabama team tomorrow uh, in in what they are going to be for the rest of the season. I agree. Especially on offense. Yeah, and, and, and you mentioned the if-lose, which, quite honestly, Robbie's like. You, you're only from Nebraska if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't lose around here, man. Ah, uh, sorry. Uh, I just uh, good volleyball team. I think you know. <laughs> uh, my my new nickname is Lars Volleyball Anderson. <laughs> Ninety thousand at the volleyball game. Oh, ninety-eight. Yeah. And, hey, sorry. And four or three? Was it ninety-eight thousand and three or whatever? Yeah, uh, but it was the global record. <laughs> Laura Lee, you got some final thoughts on this game as we get ready to rock and roll? Well, you know, uh, when Sark was with us, I would. He had some great offensive plays. So I think it's going to be a really a true test of our defense like how good they really are 
going up against someone like Stark and uh, the type of creative offensive plays he has. So um, we welcome him back to town, and we're ready to uh, kick a little butt. And you know Sark has been in the lab, so to speak, for about seven months thinking about this game and how that Alabama defense can be had. Robbie, you expect any well, trickery from uh, Sark? Well, he'll have something up. Sark was thinking about this game when they lost last year. So yeah, it's don't, been 12 months. It kind of yeah. showed the way they played at the end of the year. Um, but you know, they got Bo over there too on that defensive, you know, coaching the defensive line. So they're going to have yeah. the defense ready to go fired up. I, yeah, they're going to have Bama's trick plays, but again, those only work for a little while. You, you, you're going to line up and play your spot, play your positions. If you focus on your job and and focus on the next play and the next play, and if you get beat on one, don't let that deter how you play. Focus on the next play. Bama's going to be just fine, whatever they throw at them. Alabama has a great opportunity tomorrow night, Matt, to make a statement, a statement that will be heard across the country about getting back to what Alabama was because there is this sense that the dynasty is crumbling. That is a national narrative around the country. And... uh, a national narrative around the country. All right. Um, <laughs> it, it's hard to concentrate in here when there's uh, this many people. Um, I, I, but but no, what I'm saying is... I understand. That this is an important game. Very important game for Alabama to get back to where Nick Saban and the Tide have been. Lawrence, uh, Robbie made a really good point about Sark circling this game. And I think that's true. I also think the guys in Crimson Circle this game, too. Absolutely. They've been working on this, I think, just as hard as Texas has been working on Alabama because it is it is set up to be everything that we were looking at since the 20-19 to 19 win. Yep. Texas now, definitely got Alabama's attention last yes, year. Yes, they did. Um, and I think Alabama's going to have Texas' attention on going to jump out and just dominate the point of attack and we'll see what happens but in the meantime um everybody needs to come down here and join us at ennis free you want to order larley you want to get a burger no i think i'm going to see what they have for the meat and three whatever yeah that's what i'm looking at yeah problem with eat, eating a meat and three i'm liable to go out and large and take a nap um but you know what that's more my age than my inability to pate. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Ready Lawrence. to see this game tomorrow. Always good to do these shows with you and Larley. Tell about your phone. How did they get in touch with you? Oh, you can hit me up on social media at the Bama Broker at 205-790-7229. If you need info, the Bama Broker is the one to call. Everybody have, have fun. Have a great afternoon. Roll Tide.